Streamlabs. All right, we're live again. <laughs> we tried this a couple minutes ago, and for some reason, it wasn't going live everywhere. So, did it? Hold on, I'm on your page now. I'm trying to see. Yeah, the YouTube is still not coming up though. Well, let me turn you. Yeah, now I see it. YouTube. I can oh, you see. It? Okay, yeah, yeah, I see it now. Okay, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh. So oh, yeah, yeah for some reason, it wasn't live last time. So. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, welcome back, beautiful hello, people. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. I've been, man, I've been out over there. I haven't posted a TikTok. I, I posted one TikTok. I, re I reposted a TikTok today because mm -hmm. somebody, it, it was from like September of last year. Somebody liked it. I was like, I, I'm tired. I don't feel like posting it today. So I was just like, and I posted like eight yesterday. So it was like the back and forth, you know, back and forth. Yeah. Now, bum, bum, bum. Hopefully, the people are still here when watching. Refresh. What is going on, beautiful people? Is this 20 watching now? So it's building up. People yeah, I got people on YouTube. I was trying to see. I don't know what's going on. It doesn't seem like the Facebook one's there. Stella, what's going on? How you doing? Stella. Stella. Mm -mm -mm. Hello, hello. What is going on, Stella? What's up? What's up? What's up? How you doing today? It's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. Watching from Canada. Yay. Sheena. Hey, guys. What's up, Sheena? Cheese and crackers finally making it to a live session. Yep. Vic. What's going on, Vic? How you doing? Trinidad in the house. I like seeing when the people are from everywhere. It's just like, you know, it's just not a United States, like, East Coast thing. It's just like <laughs> literally worldwide. Canada, Trinidad. 17 months, no contact. Damn. Nice. That's awesome. Our moves, Alabama. Not too, you're not too far. Sweet home, Alabama. Watching from Pennsylvania, see? PA. Oh. There we go. It looks like Facebook got live as well. I don't this know why. It seemed like they were taking a while to get live. Um, I saw Oz. Listening from Oz, the the wonderful land of Oz. You in Kansas? Are you Oz. in Kansas, Georgia? I think she's either the the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> the Land of Oz. Okay. Right. Why is the why is the post separation abuse so much worse when I was in the relationship than when I was in the relationship? I am broken. X is a malignant narcissist. Woo. Mm -hmm. mm -mm -mm. So me personally, I just feel like once you get out of a relationship, if you left that narcissistic person, there is a level of like you probably caused a narcissistic injury. You know, so if you cause a narcissistic injury by leaving them when they when they are not ready for you to leave, then yeah, they probably feel that rejection and take it to the next level when you leave them. And yeah. so, if you are saying that you are broken and he knows you're broken, he'll just keep smashing the pieces in. You know, he just keeps stomping on the glass, grinding you into like you know smaller and smaller pieces. So he doesn't have the he doesn't have the ability to break you. Only you can break you. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the post-separation a lot of times is that, you know, vengefulness, revenge, or, like, you know, getting back at that person, you know. I think you've mentioned at times before that, like, that's kind of, like, how your mind thinks a little bit of, like, oh, yeah. you know, I'd rather get, like, even with those people, you know. Yeah, sooner or later, I'm going mm -hmm. to get even. We'll get even. We'll get even. Australia. Woo, what time is it in Australia? Is it, like, one in the morning over there or something? No, it's not one in the morning. Like, you, like, way ahead of us. Australia. 
It's a, it's like it's morning time. I think it's morning. It should time. be like seven a.m. or something. Yeah. You guys helped me so much. There you go. Twenty days no contact, not quite seventeen months. Comparison is the thief of joy. Don't compare. This is your journey. <laughs> you know, you can be further hey. along in twenty days than somebody else can be in seventeen months. It just everybody, everybody, everybody heals differently. You know, mm-hmm. you compare it. It's like oh, I wish I was at seventeen months. Ah, oh, damn it! And then you you go back and you start from zero. You know, you could be a zero. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Everybody heals differently. I got a. I think I have a video coming out tomorrow on YouTube that's talking about like how long does it take to heal after narcissistic abuse. Mm-hmm. Eleven a.m. I was off by four hours. I said seven a.m. Okay, eleven a.m. <laughs> They're eating lunch. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, remind me again, if a narc lies, medium level or short term, do they realize they're lying or convince themselves that the lie is reality? I just, I, me personally, I feel like when I, when I lie, I, I know it's a lie, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I feel like the goal of that lie is to convince you, you, that it's reality. You know, mm-hmm. that is the truth. So I just feel like the, most people know when they're lying. They know the difference. Between, they know they know the truth. You know what I mean? But to, I just always think that to narcissistic people, like lying is control, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. They can, they can control the narrative if they lie. They can get you to believe it. Damn, if they, if they can get you to believe a huge lie, woo! I don't know. Just, it, 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 this is like a power, power trip right there. It's like a power trip, like a real power trip. They, yeah. To get you to believe a huge lie. I think sometimes they convince themselves that their reality is real or their reality, what they want to believe is real. So it's not the idea that they're walking into it singing like, I'm going to have this lie and I'm going to believe it. But they start to believe like I am a good person or like people should, you know, the entitlement, all that kind of stuff. But like a lot of and that happens with narcissists, that happens with anybody, like people start believing something that. You know, no one walks into any relationship or into life thinking like, hey, let me believe a lie, you know, but they normally start believing something over a period of time, whether from the relationship themselves or the upbringing that ends up being something that's not true or not completely true or completely false. You know, gotcha. It's fire. And Oz is Australia. We were both wrong. <laughs> well, I don't think you made a guess. I did. I was way off. I, was, I said the land of Oz. Is that like a province in Australia or like a town called Oz? Or I think it's just the the shortened shortened formed of it. You know? Do they have short drafts there? Because that's the that's that's their name. Short Ooh. draft. Sorry, distracting oh. us. Oh, you good? You good? <laughs> Um, when I was with a covert narc, he used to post photos from Google on Facebook. He had a fake life on social media. I don't get it. Hmm. That sounds super delusional. Like, dear Lord. For, like, get on Google and find photos of somebody else's life that you're you're supposed to be living? Is that what, you, is that what you're saying? Yeah, or maybe just, like, having, like, having a fake persona, period. Yeah. You know? Which, I mean, a lot of people do that online anyways, but even if, like, it's, like, catfishing or, like, Tinder swindler kind of a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm no contact with my ex. Caught him cheating. He never replied to the proof. Yesterday, out of out of the blue, he shows up at a, at a mutual work account of ours for no reason. Was this a Hoover? We didn't speak. Hmm. I don't know. I just, I feel like there's some deep, like... Was he invited to the work event or like was it randomly popping up? I just like I'm just a little. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I might need a little bit more detail because could it be a Hoover? 
What do you, what do you think, man? It could be. You know? Yeah, I mean, I say it could be. I mean, or, you know, if it's something where he's not going to come back, it could just be something to mess with there, or he could have just popped up because it was a mutual work thing. That's hard to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be, like, yeah, it's a mutual work thing. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of touchy right there. Mm-hmm. But never replying to the proof also means they never took accountability for it. So, right, they're still in, they're still innocent. <laughs> they never admitted to that. So, yeah. Oh, uh, she she commented. He did a random pop up. He was not welcome at the account. He even oh. parked right next to me. Oh, oh Jesus! Then yeah, that might <laughs> parked right next to you. It's not like he was looking for you then. You know. Yeah. So yeah. He had no then, business being at the account. She said. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say, like, either Hoover or, like, that aspect of, like, just, like, messing with you completely, you know? Mm-hmm. So, what does Sheena Sheena says, when a narcissist tells you they don't, they that they only love you and and you know you are in a triangulation with the new supply, is it true that they most likely they are saying the same thing to the other woman? So, they're telling you that they only love you while simultaneously being in a whole new relationship? Uh... What was the question? Is it they true saying that they're the likely saying the same things to the other woman? Mm. I'd say yes. Yeah. I would say yes, dude. I just feel, I just feel like in that situation right there, I would. Sheena, I don't know your particular situation. I just don't see the point. Like, unless y'all have kids or something like that. But even if y'all have kids, I would cut down the contact. I don't right. see the point of, of even talking to them anymore. So if you can safely remove yourself from that situation, I would because it seems like it's pointless. Now uh-huh. you, it's like now a lot of narcissistic people want you to compete compete for them while they're with somebody else like they don't choose either one of you they uh-huh. just keep they just tell each one each one of you enough to keep you there and keep you from moving on to somebody else so right. that, that happens actually a lot right there so yeah but kind of just watch that right there Mm-mm-mm. that was oh my name oh that's for do you, you. Think, do you think you would have gotten help if your wife hadn't left and called you out on Calls you out on her way out. Uh, no, I just say no. I wouldn't have like there's, there's I like therapy. Just especially being especially being where I'm from, it's not just like you don't. Nobody goes to therapy. It's not like nobody offers that up and says that's an option because you feel different. You know what I mean? Typically, right. they tell you to kind of buck up, bury it, bury your feelings down, and be you know, be a man, man up, be a man. Mm-hmm. You know, typically that's how it goes. You know, with me. So I don't think I would have went to therapy. No, not, not me. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-mm-mm. More friends with benefits. Don't don't do that with the narcissist. If he's like you are friends with benefits, why he has a girlfriend? So he he demoted you in in your in his life. Yeah, she says you've been no contact for twenty days now. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Oh, this happened in the past. Okay, I'll, I'll reel it in, then. I'll reel it in. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Can you tell when a narc is totally done with you and won't Hoover? So I'd say like you can't really tell when they're not gonna Hoover. I'd say the times you have the the least amount of possibility of them Hoovering is if there's some like giant like narcissistic injury or giant exposure where they know like hey if they try to come back they're you know gonna get in trouble maybe arrested or you know maybe lose their job whatever it might be but. You know, oftentimes, like, you don't have a clue of if they're going to come back and if they're going to try to Hoover or not. That's why a lot of times we'll coach people, like, saying, like, hey, like, make sure you go no contact. Make sure you stay away. Make sure you try to block so there's no way they can come back because otherwise you never know. It could be, you know, one week, could be a month. It could be 
seven years. You never really know until they're going to try to come back. Yep. Both friends with benefits. Okay. I think somebody asked a very similar question about the permanent discard. Like you, you, there's no way of telling if it's actually permanent. I feel like the permanent, the permanence is on your end. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They can come back at any time. They can come back. You know, I've waited six, seven years to come back out. They can come back at any time, honestly. So right. it's the permanence. The permanent discard is. I feel like it's on your end. Whether or not you decide to allow them to come back into your life in any kind of form down the road. Or you stick to your boundaries and just keep, you know, just keep the no contact, you know, as safely as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing I say a lot of times is like the last discard is the one that you make sure is the last discard. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. The Exnark drives me. Okay. The Exnark drives by me driving his bus. He acts like he doesn't recognize or see me. Is this a reverse Hoover? Hmm. So he's a bus driver and he's driving by you. Hmm. I feel like I need a little bit more contact right there because if he's a bus driver driving by you, I'm not sure. It could. Are you? Is he on his route? <laughs> are you? Are you on the route with him? I just, I just feel like there's a little bit more. You know, I feel like you add a little bit more to that. So I'm mm-hmm. keeping my no contact. So you know. He nitpicked everything that I did and said we had poor communication, but swears his has great communication with his new supply. Is this possible? <laughs> so he nitpicked everything I did and said we had poor communication, but swears he has great. So this is what I say right here. Nakima, I, me personally, I just I don't talk to I, I, I recommend people don't talk to your ex about their new relationship because they're going to make you feel bad. They just oh, yeah. I am the happiest I've ever been. Mm-hmm. I've moved on to greener pastures. Look, I'm greener pastures. I'm as happy as I look. You, we couldn't communicate. We, you are a terrible, terrible, awful communicator. My new girl, whoo, she gets it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> I just feel like people are going to try to make it, make it something out of nothing, right there, y'all. So, you know, is this possible? Yeah. Is it possible? Yeah, you know, but. But it's not going to, if the narcissist isn't willing to, you know, take a look at themselves and work on themselves, then it's not going to change anything. It's still going to happen. It's still going to be that that cycle that's going to happen if they're unwilling to actually identify and change the triggers that are putting them in that spot. I'm stuck on a pool loan with my ex. Pool is at his house. He's never going to refinance, is he? So he can keep hold even though I have no contact. Yeah, I would say he's probably not going to. If he can do anything that's going to keep hold on you or keep hold on, you know, through that loan or through whatever that you guys have, like, together, if there's any chance to be able to hold on to that, drag his feet so he doesn't, you know, refinance, change, or anything like that, you know, that is ultimately the idea of still keeping that control try, or trying to keep that control. Yep. I wouldn't. If I, if I wanted you, if I wanted to stay in your life in some way, shape, or form, I wouldn't take you out there. I would never refinance. You'd be having to hear from me all the time. Uh-huh. You know? And then not pay your section of it, then she has to stay on it longer. Yeah. <laughs> Always yeah. ruins her credit. So she has to pay make the payments. So there's a there's there's a power right there. Like, hey, uh look, uh popping A Z. Um popping popping ass. Okay. Um I'm not making the payments anymore. You can either make the payments or ruin your credit. I'm keeping mm-hmm. the pool though. You can't use it. What are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Thank you so both. 
Well, thank you. My two favorite narcissists, Charlie Brown. What's going on? <laughs> hey, hey, Katie. Hey, good to see you. Uh, when the Lark loses his fiance after she gave him many chances to fix slash change his toxic behavior and she moves out, does he really believe he wasn't given a chance? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of questions tonight on like the belief or the thought or the psyche of them. You mm-hmm. know, like if they believe their lies or believe the believe the moment. Like Yeah, I, I think in one sense, like I don't know how to answer that question. I, I think in one sense it comes down to it is like it doesn't matter necessarily what they believe. They're going to go off of what makes them not feel the shame. Yep. And so like in that moment, like, yeah, you gave me a ton of chances, but I'm not going to even think about that because what matters is that I don't want to feel like it's my fault. So if it wasn't mm-hmm. my fault, then where do I put the blame? The blame has to go back on you. So as a result, like I can't believe she actually left and like she never gave me a chance to even change. Like I'm going to yep. twist around every single time so that I'm not at fault. So it's not really necessarily even like a belief of whether I, I was given a chance or not. It's more or less in the lines of like, I have to get to the place where I don't take that shame and that accountability and that guilt that I screwed something up or that I was given a chance that I didn't take. Yep. I would agree with that. Because he was. Because, I mean, I would, me personally, I would convince myself that you didn't give me enough chances. Yeah, you can give me many chances, but it just takes one more. You weren't willing to give me that the chance that I needed. I didn't need those other chances. I need this one. Mm-hmm. This last chance right here. And you gave up on me, Carrie. How dare you? So, you know, yeah. make you feel guilty. Like that last, that last chance is going to be it. Like that last chance was going to be the one. Like how could you leave me, you know, when I'm actually trying? Or how could you leave me, you know, at – my worst time or something like that to try to manipulate it back. Yep. But yeah. No, it's a really good question, Gary. Um, let's see. Can a narc actually maintain a long-term friendship slash relationship? I have a lot. I, I, honestly, I have a lot of long-term friends, y'all. Just from just from like high school and and you know sports and stuff like that, and people, you know, I've met along the way in my in my youth. Yeah, I have a lot of you know few long-term friends that I've been friends with for ten plus years. So yeah, you can do it. I just it depends. I feel like it just depends on your usefulness to that person, though. Because I've had a lot more long-term friends, but I feel like when their use usefulness like ran, I kind of ran out, or whatever. Or they kind of betrayed. I feel like betrayal, not usefulness. I feel like they betrayed me in some way, mm-hmm. so I had to, you know, cut them out of things like this. You know, that's why I, I, I feel I have, I have had friends for like twenty years that you know chose to buy a house through somebody else, and I was just like, done. You know, <laughs> my mind just shut up. I was like, uh, the ultimate betrayal. This is how I feed my family. How dare you? And I was just like, done. Right. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, did you turn off your narcissistic behavior when it came to your children? If so, did that come natural or do you have to catch yourself putting yourself first? Mm. So I guess like, are you like non-narcissistic to your kids? I, I, I just like everybody gets the narcissism yeah I, I just like it might be different levels and different different i guess forms and whatnot but everybody gets the narcissism in one form or, or the other 
like me personally, I always tell people my one of my biggest regrets is that, you know, I've been in therapy for four and a half years. Um, and my, I, have, I have a 13, he just turned 14 yesterday. I have a 14 year old son, you know, and so for his first eight, nine years of his life, he got the unaware narcissist, you know, selfish, egotistical person that I was. And it's kind of still, you know, but unreformed. So I'm working on, you know, just maintaining and building a fresh, new, better relationship with him through his teenage years and, you know, being there for him and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, everybody gets it, but like, it just, you know, I don't feel like you can turn it off. Like, there's not an off switch, you know. Cause it's still on right now. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated today. I had to do something with all my kids. I'm just, I'm, I'm just tired, <laughs> but yeah. I think for me, like when it comes to like the children, like there's, I, I guess there'd be like two aspects. There's almost like an aspect of like the narcissistic behavior might seem less to other people or might seem less in the moment because of even that image of like, I'm still supposed to be a good dad or even that image, even if I'm like, even if I was like a bad narc to like my wife, you know, there is still like that image of like, but I still got to be good to like the kids in one sense, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that type of idea. And sometimes that's triangulation. Sometimes that's, you know, you know, gaslighting that manipulation. But then um, like for me, like a big part of it is just like patience. Like I extremely struggle with patience, especially when, they're expressing like their feelings or they're expressing like what's going on. Like my patience level is like extremely low and I have to work on how I respond or how I communicate. And that's why like, it's been great. Like with my wife, like trying to, you know, learn how to help parent and lead and, and show, you know, our daughter, like how to process stuff. But, you know, probably one of my like top examples, you know, probably several months ago now was, you know, she got up, my, my daughter got upset because she couldn't like open a door she was trying to get the door open to like our gym and like she couldn't get it open. And so she like reared back and like hit her head into the door and then she started crying. And I'm just like, what'd you expect? You just hit your head in the door. You know, my wife's like, you know, that's not a very sympathetic response. Like she's like upset right now. And I'm like, yeah, I get that, but that's not my first automatic response, you know? Yeah. Where did the thing go? Burpees, <laughs> burpees outbreak. <laughs> Funny thing. Uh, I'm dealing with a narcissist at work that may get fired. I really were. I really worry he will retaliate. Any advice for me? Thank you both. Mm. I was just feel like protect yourself, protect yourself, you know, and and protect your your interest. You know what I mean? I just feel like I, I'm not 100 certain what the situation is. And is it, you know, worth retaliating on you against? Like, are you getting it? Are you the, re- I mean, I'm pretty sure he might be the reason he getting himself fired, but like, are you the, the catalyst right here? Are you the person, like, without you, would he be getting fired? Because yeah, he might retaliate in some kind of way if you are the, the catalyst to getting him fired, even though it might be a result of his own actions. So protect yourself. Yeah, Oof. I agree. Mm-mm-mm. So, Ben, 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 how do you stay motivated to be honest in therapy rather than using it to affirm your narrative or victim narrative? Seems like it would be really tempting to use it to manipulate. Mm. <laughs> I'd say maybe like early on. Uh. <laughs> early on, I guess like the, the tendency is there a little bit more. But, you know, I think like for me, like after being you know, with my therapist now 14 months, like every week, like there's definitely like a, an added low. I mean, there's a level now that she kind of can sniff out any BS too, you know? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but me, so I, I just feel like I've been more and more honest with my therapist uh, here lately, more than anything. So I, I, I feel like I've been honest, but you, most people would say like you're lying by omission because you kind of leave stuff out to not paint yourself in the worst picture. But nowadays I'm being a lot more honest with them because, like, yeah, could I use my therapy to manipulate people? Yeah, 100 percent. I could do that. You know, what I mean? mm-hmm. a lot of people actually do that. They would go to therapy and just say, hey, look, my therapist, Ben Taylor, said that I was good. He said I'm the I had a clean bill of mental health. If anything, he said I was a victim in the house. I told him what you be doing to me and I'm a victim that he wants to see you next week, honestly. So I signed you up for a couple of classes. So see you there, narcissist. You know, right. it, it, so yeah, they could definitely do that, you know. But I, I just feel like overall, therapy has honestly made me a better narcissist. But I know people when they people hear the word narcissist, you automatically think bad person. But I'm not I'm not a bad person. I feel like narcissist to me is not doesn't have to necessarily mean a bad person. It's just the, the the disorder. I've been disordered. You know, I've been you know right. diagnosed with. So I'm not a bad person. I'm just a better narcissist, more efficient. I think I think sometimes when people hear you say that, like, has made me a better narcissist, and in their mind, what they hear is better manipulator, better abuser. Yeah. Yeah, better manipulator, yeah, but I don't think but better abuser. I just yeah, I chill on emotional stuff now, more often. Are all narcissists addicted to video games? That's all he want to do whenever he had free time. Does it help not feeling alone if they're home by themselves? I wouldn't say necessarily say like video games per se, but a lot of narcissists do have something that they're addicted to. You know, whether that's video games, alcohol, drugs, sex, whatever it might be. I think there is a lot of times that narcissism has different forms of addiction that are normally prevalent in their yes. lives as a form of sedation and to help them not feel that alone feeling. So yes yep. to the addiction part i wouldn't say necessarily just to video games yep i, I, would, I, would, I would agree with that because my my addiction is actually the human mind i'm trying to unlock more so my addiction just happens to oh my goodness oh my goodness i see the, the <laughs> um, my addiction is the human mind so i go to therapy to learn more about myself so being honest helps kind of feed my addiction of learning more about myself. So I hope that helps y'all. <laughs> Man had a, a troll coming. <laughs> that was quick too. He was in there, in there, in there. <laughs> He's caught me off guard. Oh, yes. I haven't seen that in a while. Now you're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happens when you cheat? Oh, good question. What happens when you cheat on a covert narc and you confess to them? Ooh. You have just done the unpardonable sin and they will never let you even close to live that down like that's like i mean that's a big like betrayal but that's also like you know they could have cheated on you 300 times and you know you looked at someone wrong or flirted with someone one time and they'll use that to justify every single thing they've ever done yep one thousand percent if you you might as well just go ahead and leave because your 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 con if your guilty conscience gets the best of you and you confess to cheating woo to me oh my I don't. I, I see red thinking about that, y'all. Just like I, I just don't know. I just the way my mind works. I see red thinking about it. So don't you just leave, y'all. Just just leave. I just oh keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not going to help anything. Oh my goodness, another another one. It's okay. Uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen these people on YouTube in a while. I think it's, I think it's the same person. They just played a long time, long back into a different probably. One. Yeah, they, I oh, love yeah. it when people come on and they say the same stuff that I like confess to. You, you already said, yeah. That's the right. same. It's the same. It's the same person. 
Just I would love if you guys could do a video about narcs and borderlines as a BPD. My <laughs> as a sorry as a BPD with my relationship, my narc was so much more toxic than others I hear about. Any chance you might tackle this topic? So we're laughing not at you. I promise we're not laughing <laughs> at you or your question. It's a very valid question. We're laughing because. The last time I ever spoke on Borderline, I had everybody come out of the woodwork and try to crucify me for just reading off the DSM-5. So that's just saying that right there. So um, as long as you don't like come after us and try to try to kill us with, with this. But um, so I do I do think with narcissism and Borderlines, you put those two together and it is a very toxic concoction. Um, I, I say that personally from my personal experience of being with a girl who had BPD and narcissistic traits because it was very, very intense, but very crazy. And also that's the aspect of where I feel like I can relate with a lot of people of the aspect of having like a trauma bond because the, the trauma bond that I had with her, like took me a long time to be able to break that off. And it is a little crazy. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to get too much into that, but um, as, as BPD, as a BPD, my relationship with my narc was so much more toxic than others I hear about because what's happening a lot of times in these situations is it's, it's feeding the fire with fire. And it's not that I'm saying like um, that you're necessarily toxic, but when people are in those type of relationships, you have one person that's afraid of being, abandoned and the other person that's holding that over their head but doesn't want to feel the shame of actually leaving and typically there's one that's getting more supply from the other like it's it's a back and forth push pull kind of a thing that can be really really toxic and i do see what you're saying of like hey it feels a lot more toxic than other relationships because those are i i guess i would say like powder kegs and it's it's not like there's like little battles with that it is just like ginormous battles with that Hopefully that makes sense. Oh my goodness. Same person is back. I gotcha. <laughs> it's the same person too. The same person is like literally logging out, coming to a different account. It's right the same thing over and over again. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> you to take that one? Which one is why are narcissists attracted to empaths? So this is so this is my own personal feelings on this show. I don't think narcissistic people are necessarily att- attracted to empaths. I don't think there's like a bat signal that empaths give off or like, or a pheromone that y'all releasing to the air that, that attracts narcissistic people. I feel like physical attraction plays of the first role. It's the first, most times it's the first layer of attraction. So if you end up together and talking to somebody or on a date with somebody and you just happen to be an empath and that person just happens to be a narcissist, then you end up with the narcissist empath dynamic, which can be very, very, you know, you know, it, it can be very, very torture, torturous for the empathetic person, the, the empath in that, in that situation. But if I'm a narcissist, I end up on a date with another narcissist, then that dynamic happens. I feel like physical attraction is going to be the, the first step, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but empaths, like I said, you 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 do. I guess I, I guess on a different level. I guess you, a lot of people say empaths have what narcissists lack and the emotional intelligence and all that other stuff. I just you know, to me. My mind just works a little differently on that one, right there. I just feel like there's not any kind of like any kind of po- like any polarizing fact that is just going to be me to float to an empath or something like that. You know, it just like you have like the camp you- of like you're attracted to their light or their emotion yeah. or like different things like that. That mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I've never connected with that very well. Yeah, 
What did I say? Blocked my ex and it's been a little over a month. No contact. Recently, his call came through. He called twice. I don't know how, but left no voicemail or text. Why did you do that? Blocked and it came through. Interesting. If it if it came, th- well, my first thought is if it came through, you might be on an Android because Androids suck when it comes to blocking phone numbers because they still come through or they still get in like a what is it like a blocked folder or something like that. Um, but I know with Androids, like it doesn't completely block it in one sense. Mm-hmm. Um, if his call came through on an iPhone, I find that like really fascinating because it's not supposed to work like that. Could be an, another issue there. Uh, can you walk us through what goes through your head once you know that you've destroyed your victim? Is it satisfying? Is it fun? Like, how does it feel for you exactly? So, so again, that 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 implies intent. Like narcissistic mm-hmm. people set like intend to destroy the victim from the very beginning. Like. I'm getting to know you so I can break you down and destroy you later on. I don't think it I, me to me, I don't think it's like that. To me, I just feel like when I when I meet somebody, like when I first met my wife, like I literally loved that person. I wanted to give her everything. I was driving an hour and a half to see her for 30 minutes and just driving back home. You know, I was driving I don't know if y'all feel familiar with North Carolina, I was driving from Greensboro to Raleigh just to see her and hang with her for a few minutes. And it literally turn around and drive back home. I, uh-huh. you know, that was, I thought that was my person. And then eventually like, you know, it just kind of went downhill. I don't think there's like, maybe a psychopath will set out to destroy people. Just I'm going to manipulate you from the beginning, take all that you have. And then I'm going to leave you broken. Psychopaths do that, but it's not no regular run of the mill narcissist. I don't think the narcissist people don't set out to manipulate you and take and destroy you from the beginning. You know what I mean? This is my, my perspective on that. Mm-mm. was the best way in the heat of moment to respond when the narc is passive aggressively and subliminally verbally abusing you what's the best way to, in, the, in the heat of moment to respond when the narc is passive aggressively uh, subliminally verbally abusing I just feel like don't, don't respond I, to me I just feel like if you don't don't acknowledge the, the, the bullshit that they're saying to you I feel like you do, I feel like you do better of course, use discretion because some people will try to cut deeper and deeper and deeper, of course, like emotionally and sometimes physically. But to me, I just feel like the, with my, the way my wife would take my power away, if y'all want to say that, she would just not engage with me. You know what I mean? Right. Or she would just look for a response. Yeah. Or she would just agree with it. I was just like, you just, you know, if you say she's like, you're just, so, you're just so damn stupid. She's like, yeah, I am. You know, that, that's more annoying. Just like, agree with it. Because, like, if you agree with it, it doesn't. It's like, Damn, you so you so damn stupid. I I, I am. You you're right. Mm. You know, but of course, of course, mm-hmm. use discretion and be safe. Of course, but like I said, that's how it goes right there. You know, there's a video that was going around a while back about like bullying. You know, where there's like the one guy on stage with like the the girl, and he was like bully, like say stuff mean to me, and like they kind of went back and forth and like stopped, and then he like stopped and then had them redo it, and pretty much every time she said something mean, he like agreed and kind of like changed it around to like take ownership or like take like some responsibility but also like you know respond in kindness in one sense it was interesting yeah. because like she ran out of stuff to say really fast yeah i'd say anyway, it's, it's 20 years why would the narcissist wait 20 years to discard someone mm. um without knowing your situation my first response would be either boredom or life events 
Uh, I, I was gonna say boredom too. That's, what, that's what, the words out of my mouth. Was gonna be boredom as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just feel like this, this has run its course. Time to go to you know different pastures, not greener pastures, just different pastures. You know what I mean? Something that might be a little bit more exciting. Uh-huh. Mm. Somebody asked earlier, do all, all narcissists bisexual? And be honest, please. Like we're gonna sit here and lie. Just like nope, 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 nope. I'm not bisexual. You know what I mean? Not at but all. yeah, the the. Sexuality, I don't think sexuality and narcissism, I don't feel like are connected, y'all. I'm, you know, a, a heterosexual male. You know what I mean? I just don't yeah. think a lot, a lot of people, if you're dealing with a bisexual, narcissistic person, then that does, I don't think those two overlap for whatever reason, you know, are some na- narcissist gender, you know, gender fluid and just will sleep with anybody for supply? Yes. You know, I but, think I think there could be the only slight tie I could I could come up with. And again, it's not for me because I am not that way at all. But like the only slight tie I think that I could come up with would be when a narcissist is either on the like sexual side, like almost even histrionic side. But like when the mm-hmm. narcissist is on like the sex addiction side or like the you know, when when they've overused sex in their lives, you know, like maybe Mm. they've slept with like 300 prostitutes or something like that. Like when there's been so much of that, I think there's also aspects that I've heard of it becoming to a place of like boredom of like, this is all new. I mean, this is all, all, this has all been done. So let's try something new. And I think that's the only tie I would even put, but I wouldn't necessarily tie it just to narcissism, but more or less to like, they get bored of, you know what's actually going on, but I th- from what I've seen, it has to be like a lot of it, not just like they had three affairs kind of thing. Are you covert or overt? Question for both of you. Um, I think Sam Vaknin, who is uh, a world-renowned self-aware narcissist and a psychologist and whatnot, um, has said you can you can go back and forth between the two, just depending on your circumstances and your environment. So I would say I go back and forth between the two. I would say more. In real life, I I play more covert narcissistic person. Online, I, I, I know I've seen overt to y'all through the skits and stuff like that and what I be doing. But in real life, I'm more reserved and just kind of covert. You wouldn't, Most people would never guess I was a narcissist unless I told them. You know, yeah, I'd online. say for me, the majority of the time in like real life, as far as like friendships and relationships and things like that, I'd be, I would appear more covert. The only time I would be more overt would be uh, in the workplace environment. Cause mm-hmm. especially when I was in the workplace for such a long period of time, I was like the expert in a certain field. So like mm-hmm. at that point I was pretty overt because I knew all the answers, at least mm-hmm. in my head, but you know, um, I want to touch base on one. It, um, we jumped past it a minute ago, but um, Andrea said, any, any take on the Christian covert narc, the way I see it, no fruit of the spirit, then how is it possible to be a follower of Christ? I absolutely, I absolutely believe, I absolutely believe what you're saying is true. Um, especially along the lines of, I have people ask about like, what about Christian abuse and like Christian abusers and things like that. And I, and when it comes down to it, like if there's someone who's set a pattern of that, a pattern of narcissism, pattern of abuse, like I don't think people can, tie the word Christian to it because in, in my experience in my life, if you, if you Im- have an, an impact, you know, with a being that is almighty or a being that is in charge of the entire universe and you don't walk away from that change, then you actually haven't had an encounter with that person. So, you know, when they're holding that title of like, Oh, I'm a Christian, but I'm still abusing you. I don't believe it. At that point, I just call them abusers because if there's no fruit, then I don't think you can hold that line of saying like, Oh, they're a Christian. Let you handle all the Christian narcissism questions because yeah, I know you're more well well 
way more well versed than I am in that in that, in that uh the arena. Um, I said no to Monarch today, and he appeared stunned, but betrayed and very angry, seething. Is there something like quiet narc rage? Like was he? Did you see some steam coming from his head or something? Like that? I feel like the way you just described it was like very, very graphic. <laughs> like you're stunned but betrayed and seething. Like, yeah, I feel like there could be some <laughs> another one. I feel like there could be some. <laughs> sorry, I feel like there there could be some quiet narc rage. I feel like there could be you know subtle, like because everybody doesn't have to yell and scream at you. You know what I mean? More covert narcissistic people don't yell and scream. They get subtle with their insults and they are very, very, you know, passive aggressive in their behavior. But passive yes, the yeah. narcissist is used to getting their way and 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 not used to hearing the word no from you. Then yeah, they'll be stunned. It's like, hey babe, I, hey babe, I need you to do this. Do, I need you to forgive me for cheating for the fifteenth time. No. <gasps> uh-huh. You know. So yeah, it's like how I, dare you not forgive me? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. How dare you? <laughs> I said the dudes will come back. Yeah, you know? I said it. They will come back. Uh-huh. But your best advice for when you meet someone new to find out as quickly as possible if someone has narcissistic personality. Um, not necessarily just to find out if they have narcissistic personality, but the best advice when you go to meet someone new is one be confident in you and be strong in your boundaries. Like know who you are, know the direction you're going because a narcissist or a toxic person isn't going to respect or honor your boundaries and will definitely not like it whenever you say no. Yeah. Just ask them. <laughs> I said online, I read online. Uh, so cause people, a lot, a lot of people ask, Did you freeze? Lee, are you there? Did I freeze or just Lee? We've been having issues tonight with some of the live stuff. Can you all still hear me? Damn it. Can you see me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, I think my, my internet might get unplugged. <laughs> uh, it's called buffering. Okay. okay. You're I'm good. Back. Okay. Yeah, people said just you. Yeah, now you're back. Okay. Okay. There's like 20 comments. Lee's frozen. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I just I think my, somebody might, might have knocked the Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi router out. Is that Wi-Fi? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so a lot of people just say, look, just ask them. There's a question they call it. They Google the narcissist question. I think the question goes, hey, uh, <laughs> let it go. The question is like on a scale, like on a scale of one to ten, how narcissistic are you, or something like that. Google the narcissist question. And you can ask people. I just feel like, wait, what does it hurt, y'all? I, I just, honestly, I just feel like, get it out the way early. You know, I, I, I just me, me, I just also just slow down and set boundaries. Find find a, a reason to tell that person no. You know, just you just, have, you just have to be careful. I'd be like, act like no, I'm not. But my ex, man, she is really narcissistic. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so here you go. The single question is: To what extent do you agree with this statement? I am a narcissist. Note, the word narcissist means egotistical, self-focused, and vain. Just ask that question right there. I mean, ask, say that right there. I just feel like that's, 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 that's literally on the LA Times, the Los Angeles Times right there. They published that'd be that interesting to see. That'd be interesting to see responses and then see like what happens in the relationship. Carrie, just FYI, I know I have a video coming out Friday that's uh, 30 red flags. Um, 
And then just, just a, a heads up, one of those, a couple of those might stick with you to be like ones that you can kind of watch out for as well. Mm. Trying to up my game. It's a 11, I think it's like 11 minute video of like 30, 30 red flags. We're like rolling through them as fast as we can to tell everybody. <laughs> but <laughs> does X's family, does X's family reach out for them? Because although he's blocked and his call came in twice the next day around, I know he's up for work. I got a text from his grandma asking how I've been a lot. A lot of times you'll have uh, the X's family be like the flying monkeys there'll be ones that'll reach out and you know sometimes it's unaware you know they're like oh i'm so concerned about this person can you reach out but a lot of times they're aware of at least some aspect of it so i would definitely be careful um if they're if they're having any communication with you and they end up communicating some of that back to them then you know right then and there that's not a person that you need in your life regardless of your relationship with that person you know if they're a flying monkey just reporting back to the narcissist they're no longer your friend Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-mm-mm. He's back. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I'm not scrolled to the bottom. Oh, I'm. There we go. Mm-hmm. I married my narcissist. We were friends since 18. The marriage lasted four years. Was the relationship real? Uh, or the friendship real? Sorry, I, I read. I misread that. Um, was the friendship real? Uh. Could it be? I mean, what purpose did you serve in this person's life? You know, I was gonna say it's real, so you're not real, mm-hmm. so you're not useful. Yeah, what purpose do, do, did you serve? You know what I mean? I just I always ask, what purpose did you serve in that person's life? You know, the mass, the marriage lasted for four years. You know, and typically, if you're friends with a narcissistic person, you tend to trust them a little bit more. If you if you go from friends to lovers and things like that, you tend mm-hmm. to trust the other person a little bit more because you feel like you know them. You know, you feel like you could depend on them, and then the mask comes off, and then you see them for who they really are. You're like, damn, I thought you was different. We was, was friends. Then you can't go back to being friends. So, again, you, you cross that line, you can't go back to being friends. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, this can't. Any advice for adult daughter realizing her father is a malignant narcissist? Mm. Let me think. Uh, I think advice? I think for one, if you're on, I don't know if she has a YouTube, but if you're on TikTok or Instagram, I would check out Stan Coaching or Catherine Kleiss because she um, was in her. She grew up with a father that was a narcissist, and she's got a lot of good content from that perspective. Just as a you know, quick FYI. Or. Yeah. Sycophantic. My narc behavior was different depending on which drug he was taking or whether he was drunk or sober. Dear God. Does this happen with personality disorders? It, it, it could happen with personality disorders, but it sounded like he was an addict. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a drug addict, an alcoholic drug addict, which is just terrible. Like, I feel like, what, what was he running away from? What was, why was, you know, what was he trying to escape? He's trying to escape reality for some reason. Something, something is going on. Was what happened to him in his childhood or his youth? They made him. They probably made him that way. That drinking or doing drugs and alcohol probably, you know, changed his mindset or allowed him to escape that for a little while, or repress that the memories or whatever the trauma. So goodness gracious, that's terrible right there. Yeah, I agree. Oh, 
this is is there something i can do or say at the beginning of relationship to unmask the narcissist i wouldn't necessarily say unmask i think a couple things that we mentioned earlier that might you know give you like a glimpse would be the idea of like how they respect your boundaries and then also how they respect your boundaries and then um also like how they respond when you tell them no yeah i would just say those are kind of like the biggest ones Find a way to say no. I'm just telling you, reject, re- rejecting someone teaches you more about that person than just saying yes to everything. Oh my god! I told y'all you gonna be back again. Like, yeah, it's quick. <laughs> He's quick. <laughs> Scammering like. Uh, actually, uh, so so let's talk about that for a second. Okay. I'm gonna click it. It's just, yeah, there you go. Let me talk about it for a second because I actually had I actually had someone reach out to me the other day and they were like, "Hey, my my partner said that they reached out to you and that you scammed them because you never had the meeting with them." And I was like, "Okay, who is it?" So I like went back, like pulled up the email, and actually went back and looked at my documentation. And I was like, "Well, here you go." And I sent them like screenshots. I was like, "Here's the three emails that got sent to them, like telling them when their appointment was, like." The first one, the the 24-hour one, and then the two-hour one. Here's, like, the three emails that sent out. And then also, like, here's my log saying that, hey, they were at a no-show. And they're like, okay, thanks. I was just checking. <laughs> you know, because like, you never know. Like, sometimes your narcissist is going to say – happens a lot of times. Like, your narcissist will say, like, hey, I'm going to go to counseling. Or, like, hey, I'm going to start therapy. And they, you know – are just going to, you know, their, their, their next supplies house and telling you that mm-hmm. they're in counseling, you know? Yep. It's crazy sometimes. But yeah, that's a ran, random, random soapbox there. Yeah. Lee and I both do one-on-ones. If you guys don't know that already, we talk to people every day, trying to help them find freedom, growth and change. And um, sometimes it's interesting the people that we come across that are not interested in, and growing or healing or changing, but are just interested in um, either validating or trying to prove that they are doing something or better than something when, you know, in reality, they're still t- returning home and abusing the people that they claim to love. Yep. Mm-mm-mm. How does a narcissistic person have a successful relationship slash manageable relationship? How often, oh, how often does a narcissistic person oh, yeah. have a successful relationship? manageable relationship i feel like that's a question that you have to answer yourself because i feel like what what is your definition of successful or manageable i just feel like a lot of people have manageable feel like they have manageable relationships because like i I just feel like longevity sometimes denotes man it it being manageable like we made it 20 years we managed to get it we managed to get this far i just feel like you know that's a very specific question like for specific relationship dynamics it really just depends on the person you know, Donna, Donna Huggins, when they get new supply, will they cut you off completely or just change their pattern with you? For instance, stop calling as much and decrease the sex. Yeah. Second one. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not my curtain now. <laughs> I was like, is someone coming through your curtain? I was like, what? I'm outside. I told you, look. I said outside load. I'm loaded. <laughs> uh, so Donna, I would say the second one. I would say like typically, like 
Okay, you, you could have both, but oftentimes, like, if you're either in a relationship or if you're married, oftentimes it's changing the pattern. The pattern only changes, like, they decrease their communication or they lower their communication. They only communicate about certain things to get used to a pattern. Um, they'll decrease the sex because, oh, I'm just not interested. Well, that's because they're getting it someplace else. I'd say a lot of times they change the pattern. <laughs> Mm. The smear campaign. This is about. I feel like this is about the smear campaign. Is it? Mm. Is yep. it even worth com com to com or worth it to confront the false narrative the narcissist created to others about me? I really just says it. It depends. If it's not really affecting your your reputation to people who don't really matter to you, I just say let it let it fly. Because otherwise, you'll be going back and forth with this person. Who like if I would say if they are going to blindly believe somebody about something about you without asking you or talking to you about it anyway, that's not your friend anyway. If they just blindly, but somebody just can't say hey, Ben is a, you know, Ben is a liar and a scammer. Now I believe you, you know, it's just like, I'm not Ben's friend. Then I didn't question Ben. I didn't ask him. I just like, Hey, Ben's a scammer. I, you told me it must be true. I just feel like if they, if they randomly believe stuff about you with no kind of evidence or somebody just word of mouth, then that's not your friend anyway. So, you know, proceed with caution with that one right there. So, yes, we are both still married. How do your wives, how, how have your wives coped? I feel like every day is a different battle, honestly, y'all. Mm -hmm. Every day is a different battle. Um, I don't know. I just, like, I just think, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a question for them. Honestly, I just, I, I can't tell you how they, how, my wife has a, there's a live uh, section of, on my YouTube channel, a playlist that she'd done lives before. I haven't watched them, but you know, people say they're very informative. Um, she was talking to me the other night. She's like, maybe me and Kayla should do a live together. I was like, oh. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be interesting. <laughs> I feel like they would both actually like really enjoy that because they'd be like comfortable like with each other. Yeah. You know, versus like being <laughs> uncomfortable, like answering questions or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I would say, I would say from my perspective, I think, and I, I'll answer for, for both of us. You can let me know if it sounds wrong, but I would say like both of the wives have coped as far as like getting, getting healing, being in therapy, working on themselves, like really taking back their power so that they know like, Hey, like if, if they do X, Y, and Z, or if they cross the line that I've set, like, I'm out and there's not like that tie of like, I'm stuck or I'm trauma bonded. So like the aspect of like being able to break the trauma bond and also like they've taken back their power. So like if they, you know, if they wanted to, they could just walk away. And I think that they're both incredibly strong women and incredibly strong enough to be able to do that and be able to live their lives. So not that I'm saying that they're planning that or like that's that's the goal or anything like that, but it just like saying like they've worked on their confidence, they worked on their own healing to the place of being able to say like, hey, this is this is the boundary, this is the line. If you want to cross it, then the, the consequences are on you, kind of a thing. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That's, this sounds sound right to me. That's that's my take on it for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best um, way to tell someone they have narcissist traits or BPD? Again, this is the kind of uh, how do you paint like to me? This is again, y'all. This is how outrageous it sounds. You have to find a way to paint this in a good light. 
it, you can't paint it in a negative light like it's a bad thing. Hey, you're a, you're a goddamn narcissist. You treat me terribly. You're going to get attacked. You know, I just mm-hmm. I just know how it is. You have to find a way to broach the topic, broach the subject. If you if you feel like you have to, most people tell you not to do it anyway because they're going to cut back at you because it's not a positive thing. You know, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you have BPD. What? You know, you know, you're a narcissist. What? You're a narcissist. Like I'm just telling you, you have to find a way to paint it in a good light. Like, how do you paint narcissism in a good light? You know, the personality disorder. How do you paint it? You're not gonna find any, right. any positive articles on it unless you uh, go find the, the the Sun did an article on Ben. You know, so you find that positive article. You know, you you can find that Barstool. You see Barstool, Barstool, Barstool. You like the Post? Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely went around. I would say like with with some of that, like um, at times, like not running after the label, but running after the actions, running after mm-hmm. the behaviors. You know, because sometimes those are a little bit easier, I think, to bring up than just being like, oh, you're a narcissist, you know? Mm-hmm. What would make a narcissist leave for new supply but never stop talking hoovering since they left? Going on three years. Like, isn't there supposed to be a break while LB, new supply, at least? What, is that? what, is it? what does LB mean? I don't know. Um... Sometimes it gets to the point right here. I'll just say this, uh, Shannon. Even if they move on to the new supply, they but they get to the point sometimes where they don't want to be with you anymore, but they don't want to see you with anybody else, or they want to they want to have that still have that access to you. It says love, love bombing. bombing. Um, they they still want to have that access to you. So if, if three years later, if you're still talking to this person, they feel like they still have still have access to you. Then of course they're going to keep talking to you. Because they feel like that's an open door right there. You know, love is an open door. You go watch Frozen. Um, they'll try to swing back through that door. And sometimes they'll yeah. come back to you if you allow it. They feel like right now, I feel like if you're still talking to this person, if y'all don't have kids or any kind of any other reason to contact each other, and three years later, when they leave for the new supply, then they still feel like you have feelings for them. So yeah. they feel like you can come back. You know? You like, uh, Oh, no, you, say it, you say it like you say it like nicer than me because I was just been like, you know, what makes you know what makes them leave but never stop talking to you? I'd say it's you. Like you need to cut <laughs> off no contact, make sure there's not a way. You know, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I paint. I just painted. I said we say the same thing. Just painted different paintbrushes. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like you. You did it. <laughs> so, so, sometimes you pull out like the paint brushes and you know, put it together, and I'm just like. Psh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, my ex and seems to be motivated by finding ways to break through my no contact boundaries. What do I do? <laughs> Stay strong on your no contact boundaries. Like they're motivated because like it's a challenge, and especially if they had a challenge and they got through one time, that makes them think that they can keep getting through. Yeah. No. Yeah. Just just trying to find ways to contact you. I think it's a, a game now. You know email different email just like this person that comes to come the, the person right here that's breaking ben's boundary to keep blocking him he keeps coming back in here putting some putting new bullshit into the chat just like that right there's a game right now sometimes they, sometimes they just want to be seen for a little while mm-hmm. you know there's really no goal just to be seen for a little bit just like hey i got through again you can't get rid of me boom you know right i'm pretty sure uh, before, before we end this in a few minutes he'll probably make one more peek through create another create a whole nother account to come peek through again you know 
Mm-mm-mm. I've been no contact with my narcissist for a month now. He's sending his family into my work to tell me how much he loves me and misses me. Makes me doubt that narcissism is this normal. This is normal for a manipulator to weaponize other people to try to attack you and make you doubt your sanity. Yes, that part's yeah. normal. Garrett, you you know you know you know he missed you. He he look he told me he told me you the only person for him. You like he just crying. He can't eat. Can't sleep. He's sitting at home playing Fortnite or some shit. You know. Why don't he do it himself again? Because like they, he knows he's probably gonna exhausted all his chances. So what he's doing now is using the flying monkeys, the the family enablers, to come to the, the audacity for the family members to come into your fucking job and tell you how much he loves you and misses you. That's terrible. That's so. That's so manipulative. It's insane. Don't doubt the narcissism. That makes to me that's actually stamping it. It's like putting a damn stamp, the scarlet A on the forehead right there. You know, the scarlet N <laughs> the right. on the forehead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. So that's, yeah, that's, that's normal narcissism. Mm-mm-mm. Can narcissists truly care about someone? How are they treating that person? I just, I just Again, I always ask this question, right? Because everybody's going to be different. Some narcissists don't care, y'all. I'll just be real with you. Some narcissistic people do, do not care. They can't care about people. They don't want to care about people. They are self-serving to the detriment of others. But some narcissistic people do have probably have a little bit more empathy than others and do and can care for people. But I always ask you, the behaviors matter more than words or anything. So how are they treating that person? Are they treating that person like they truly care for them? Wow. Or are they continuously hurting that person? You know, that's my that's my spiel on it. Yeah, a lot of times it comes by the by the actions and the behaviors versus just the words. So a lot of times I would come along lines of like saying like narcissists can't truly care about someone until they're willing to be honest and move themselves out of the limelight. Thanks, Sheena. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take uh, just like one or two more, and then we're going to wrap up here. So we normally go 9 to nine to 10. We start a little bit late because we're having some technical difficulties, but we're going to be ending up here in just a couple minutes. What about exposing a narc's big lie that has really impacted you? I won't call him a narc. I don't care about that. But how can I most safely say I know about the lie? I feel like so, this you no, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. So like, I, I think in one sense, like when you're when you're looking at this question, what I'm kind of reading from it is the the idea of exposing is either to get like justice for yourself or get the other person to admit it. If it is to get the other person to admit it, that's a pipe dream. Like it's never going to happen. And so at that point, you need to go off of the idea of like, hey, I know the lie, and I need to make make my choices of my life effectively like you know i know the lie that he's been cheating on me for x amount of years so you know leave file for divorce whatever you need to do but at that point like convincing them or telling them or exposing the lie typically isn't going to help anything a lot of times they'll just twist it back around on you Uh, i always ask too like that that, you said safely i feel like that's for you to decide how to if you want to do it like ben just said how do you do it in the most safest way possible to protect yourself? I always, regardless of the circumstance, I always tell people to protect themselves regardless. Like, protect protect you. Okay, you justice, she said, she said later in the comment, justice for myself. So the only thing I would be careful of is sometimes people, people sacrifice themselves of justice slash revenge. Sometimes people sacrifice themselves by trying to get back or trying to expose someone, and they don't get the satisfaction after it because it doesn't ultimately bring closure. So just be careful that when you go into that. 
Cool. All right, we got one more here, maybe. And I think we're gonna wrap it up for the night. So I knew you, I knew you were gonna pick that one. I saw that one too. I was just like, that was good. <laughs> uh, any, any, yeah. Any chance to save? No, you're good. Any chance to save the marriage when husband is discarding? Paint it nice first. Paint it nice. <laughs> no, just so. Do you want to save something when somebody doesn't want you anymore? I just feel like to do this. So let's just say you do somehow save this marriage by begging, by begging this person to come back to you while begging, promising that you will change. He will absolutely never, ever respect you or treat you with the respect or dignity that you deserve ever mm -hmm. because you have to, you lowered yourself to a different standard. Like you, he'll never look to you the same. If you're begging him to come back, he won't ever look at you the same. He'll and he'll honestly treat you terribly from that point forward. So I feel like focus again. I know it's, it's always easier said than done, but I always just say focus on you because like saving your like saving this. What are you saving? You know what I mean? What is there to say? I mean, but I know there might be kids and things involved sometimes, but like, what are you saving exactly? Uh -huh. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think I think that's a really good way to put it. You know, at the, at the end of the day, if that person's discarding you, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think you put it really well. I mean, I would, I would say any chance to save the marriage when the husband is discarding at that point, probably no, like not at all, um, because at the end of the day, they're discarding like they're they're throwing you to the curb. They're getting rid of you. So at that point, like you're going to try to save the marriage for someone who's literally just taking you out with the garbage in one sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she, she said they have a two year old. Yeah. So again, you have still even with kids involved. I feel like you have to lower yourself to below a standard to get this person to come back, possibly. And again, if you do get them to come back, you just you, somebody put it in there. You raise the bar of what they can do and what they can get away with from this point forward. Like you wanted me to come back here, I get to do what I want to do, or I'll leave again. And then you like, okay, just just do it. That's we can typically. Have it Typically, however bad it is before the discard, once you get them back, uh, it'll get worse. But mm -hmm. it's, it's like I think I think someone someone said that yeah, get out of jail free card or raising the bar. Yeah, so it's like it's like if the if the abuse was like this and you and he discards and you get them back, that abuse is now the new like norm. That's the new like bottom ground, and everything else goes up from there. It's not like it's like, oh, maybe it'll be this way or less. It's like, no, that's the new ground zero. Then we go up to here, then we discard again, it drops new ground zero. It keeps moving. The, the abuse always gets worse when you bring them back in those type of situations. Mm -hmm. Anyways, y'all thanks so much. Uh sorry we got on here a little late uh logging in earlier, but we're going to be back on Wednesdays, 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. So if you guys get a chance to log in on uh, YouTube or Facebook, uh, we're alternating uh, different weeks. So like next week, um, come and see us on Lee's page, Mental Healness. Uh, we'll be over there. So you can click on YouTube or his Facebook to be able to see us. But we alternate back and forth. Next week, we'll be on his. The following week, we'll be back here on mine. So feel free to check us out. Follow us both. Hit those notifications that we can see when we go live. Um, but it's going to be those Wednesday nights, um, Thursday, uh, Wednesday, blah, Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Um, I go on Thursdays, uh, 9 to 11. And then we're also rolling out some new stuff with the NARC app. If you guys haven't had a chance to see that, 
that we're going to be doing some exclusive lives on Mondays now uh, from 9.30 to 10.30. And also, depending on um, when you sign up with the app, there's a couple tiers there. We're going to be doing um, group Zoom calls as well um, once a month. So we're excited to roll some new stuff out coming down the pipe. Um, I think we both have in our bios, but just a shout out, we've got, um, well, not us, but, you know, a good friend of ours coming up on June 5th. I don't know. It's, it's beginning. <laughs> it's beginning week of June. Um, there's a webinar coming up. Um, if you guys have seen any webinars before of Lisa signing stronger than before, she's doing an awesome webinar coming up, um, which is how to co-parent with your toxic ex. So Oof. feel free to go and check that out. We've got links in both our bios um, to be able to go see that as well. Um, yeah, that's about all I got. Yep. I'm gonna close out yep. you. Uh, appreciate all, pre- uh, again, y'all. Appreciate y'all tuning in. All the good questions and whatnot. Y'all know you can find me at it's mental illness. Um, follow if y'all. It's a you, Ben does one on ones. I do one on ones as well. Uh, we try to make ourselves available and like get some other stuff coming here. Can't even talk straight, y'all tonight. I don't I know. Know. Can't close I'm it down. About, <laughs> how about talking? But yeah, download the Nark app, y'all. Is is getting better and better. Like literally every single day, a lot more courses and things like that. Uh, community. I feel like community is important. So if you haven't already, in ARC in the App Store or the Google Play Store or whatnot, download that thing, become a subscriber on it, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, enjoy the uh, benefits. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you all so much. Yeah. Y'all have a great night. I right, appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. Take care. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed these episodes. I love interacting with different people. If you're interested, reach out to me sometime through my website, Raw Motivations. Would love to interact with you. Either send us a message there, uh, schedule one-on-one so I can talk to you and try to work with you through whatever whatever you're going through on life. You know, Whether that's a relationship, uh, narcissism, uh, whether that's just life trying to get from one step to the other and trying to figure out how do I break out of this mind fog of what's going on. Would love to talk to you more. We'd love to see you guys reach out and comment and like on different things. We've got Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We'd love to see interactions there. And as you're listening to this, like go ahead and rate us. Give us a couple of ratings just to help promote this message to other people so other people can have positivity in their lives as we're trying to grow, change, and help other people find that awareness as well.